Matriarchy is an intersectional collective that brings POC African women together for the empowerment and development of African cities and spatial education. Welcome to the very first audio post for Matriarchy, titled Leslie Loco and Architectural History, White Lies, Black Absence. This audio post was originally written by Kentani de Klaak on March 5th, 2017. Go to our website and check it out if you'd like to give it a read. To kick off the first audio post, I've decided to speak about one of the most pinnacle influences of the thoughts that have led me to create matriarchy. She is unapologetically succinct in her writing. As a critic, her approach to posing questions in architecture has been immensely rich and evocatively frank. Leslie Loco, folks. In 2015, in my second year of architecture at the University of Cape Town, i.e. UCT, I was fortunate enough to see a lecture of hers, it was a lively time when our school had responded for the first time to the political climate of the institution and country, with Rhodes having fell earlier that year. And so she was invited as a guest speaker in a series of transformation lectures that ran over the semester. Leslie Loco has taught at copious schools of architecture around the world, including the prestigious Bartlett School of Architecture, London Metropolitan University and University of Greenwich, all in the UK. In addition, Iowa State University, University of Illinois at Chicago, and at the University of Michigan as a Martin Luther King visiting professor. Leslie Loco has focused her writing around relationships between architecture, globalization, and cultural identity. Born in the UK, raised in Accra, Ghana, and currently juggling living between London and Johannesburg, one can imagine that Leslie's critique is heavily influenced by the experience of navigating these spaces as a black woman. To extend on this formal introduction, Loco studied at the Bartlett School of Architecture and Planning, University College London, graduating in 1995 with a Bachelor of Science in Architecture and a Diploma in Architecture. Thereafter, she gained her PhD from the University of London in 2007. She is now the head of the University of Johannesburg's Graduate School of Architecture. And with a bit of green envy, shout out to the lucky UJ master's classes that have been taught under her unit. She in fact recently took a unit to Zanzibar where they swam deep in an urban planning ocean. I've put a few links of Leslie's work in the garden, which is a tab you'll find on our site. So give that a read and an explore if you're wanting to be swept away by one of the most prolific contemporary black women architecture critics of our time. Aside from being a critic and architect, Leslie has published eight best-selling novels. And just to mention this to you all, um, and not to brag at all, I've met this lady and she is nothing close to a frail academic. Give the Vimeo lecture on The Culprit is Culture, held at the TUM Facultat für Architektur in 2013 a watch, uh, which is evidence of her being a dream queen, to be completely honest. Okay, onto the juice of this post, and I do insist on keeping it short. I do hope... In addition, that after listening to this, personal agency will lead you to reading, listening, and exploring more of Professor Loco's work. 
this post was centered around the introduction of Professor Loco's White Papers Black Marks, published in 2000. This was in fact one of the first of her writings I had read through a recommended reading list for a history course that I'd taken in 2015. After rereading White Papers Black Marks, I was gobsmacked, absolutely gobsmacked by how Professor Loco had preempted such specific identity issues in architecture space with relevance to today, a whole 17 years ago in this paper. I mean, those issues did exist, but Leslie Loco looks to architectural knowledge and similarly to the decolonial project of institutions, interrogates what we learn and teach as supposed history today. For too long, African knowledge has sat in the dusty bottom drawer of miscellaneous goods, whilst Western knowledge sits on the shelves of what we see the truth to be. With education as the source of sustaining humanity, the production of knowledge, it is critical, absolutely critical, that we begin to interrogate history due to its disgustingly non-inclusive record in architecture. History is reliant on context, which has driven the frustration of Africans around Eurocentric systems in Africa. To use South Africa as an example, where we as a nation are comprised of rich and plentiful cultures mixed into one pot geographically speaking, obviously through colonialism and economic shifts, etc., movements have led to race and cultural distribution changes, but generally the country is heterogeneous in that we have left pure tribalistic isolation behind. And so because we have such diverse cultures, the preservation of knowledge in these cultures should be of higher value, with language and history being prioritized not only in traditional spaces and homes, but in institutions as well. The identity and heritage of culture should be appreciated and seen as important in institutions. A PhD thesis should be as equally praised when, if it were allowed, to be written in rich Tsonga, Tosa, or any other of the exceptionally rich languages our country has. If an academic from Munich, for example, can publish a paper in German and be respected internationally for it, why do we insist on having only English as the prioritized language in institutional knowledge production in South Africa? Emphasis on the Africa. We are missing an opportunity, people. We're missing an opportunity to produce and retain South African culture. And please, to completely expel English would be globally regressive, so that's not an argument worth having. In fact, a while ago, I attended a talk by Kenyan writer Ngugi Wationgo, author of Decolonizing the Mind, where he described this contextual issue best as no culture is inherently better than the other. Simple. Leslie Loco further elaborates on this by saying the casual omission of Africa from Bannister Fletcher's tree of architecture is evidence. People this is evidence of history eluding the existence of multiple identities in the formation and life of architecture. With history being our only credible source of record, the imperceptive reality is that Africans have had little to nothing to say in this discourse. Let us not even get started on the neglect of audible record as a form of credible history, which is prominent in African culture, but seen as lesser of a form of record due to the norm or tradition if you like, of writing, which is by all means of complete value, but we'll save that for another audio post. Moving on to traditional methods of architecture, which I'm sure most of you who have gone through institutions are familiar with. Drawing, model, 
manifesto products building we need to begin to somehow dismantle the idea of one set tradition which is difficult mainly because the current means of architectural pragmatic processes and production are tied to and centered in western supposed consciousness and so to shatter this image would cause complete chaos and confusion in the comfortability of architectural methods one must realize that the new image would be an artwork stippled with diverse thoughts but academics in my opinion aren't willing to take the risk so radically it seems as professor loco puts it best discussions of architecture are often therefore limited to traditional formal qualities supposedly intrinsic to architectural form architecture as an object driven exercise In 2016, two years ago, the architecture students of UCT put together a vertical studio, which challenged this traditional formal that Leslie Loco speaks of approach by exhibiting mapping Woodstock, an area in Cape Town, through film, performance, and installation. The culmination of vertical studio broke out of the exclusive elitist language of architecture and spoke to anyone who viewed it. We are humans. obvious right but what i'm trying to get at is that we are humans who not only intentionally but also constantly perform and express ourselves through our instincts and daily nonchalant activities so to involve human nature in architectural language vertical studio allowed the user who is also the creator and designer of space to understand approaches of analyzing and creation in the architectural process at this exhibition language was less of a barrier western norms of imparting knowledge through defined media were not the only and ideal route and eurocentrism was challenged really well a moment of decolonizing i would say unfortunately an instant moment vertical studio retrospectively seeing it was an after school addition to the institutional norm and by the way a quick footnote on vertical studio you can watch the film of the exhibition which is also found in the garden and credits go to Hanengoo and Ditlohonolo and Lovu for filming and editing that incredible documentation anyway back to the conversation refocusing tradition requires cultural shifts and to be honest i'm very extremely frustrated with the how question at this point So we can talk about that in the comments section. A very daunting possibility which I personally feel is a risk that we need to take on. If not, the condition of turbulent argument in the architectural space will inevitably lead to change, slightly more gradual as we become a global community. By community, not to say that we will be functional, but to say that we will not be in incubated mutually exclusive tribes. In addition, authorship and design has become a big deal in the sensationalist world we live in today another potential route that decolonizing knowledge could go down if we do not focus on how we go about doing it is simply adding other identity voices to the record as an appendix addition if executed badly could reinforce identity hierarchy and knowledge let's use the provocative title of this reading white papers black marks as an example and it makes direct reference to Franz Fanon's white masks black skin 
Our connotations rooted in Western societal normative language have led us to associate black marks as smudges, undefined mistakes, and a cause of imperfection. White papers alludes to the idea of providing the platform for these black marks to exist on. We need to escape from this confinement of provision. Acknowledging, sadly, that the reality is, positions of power globally are dominated by whiteness. And so, white power is a strategic and key player in enabling and allowing space for blacks to exist. That is why we struggle and trudge and hustle ourselves to the top, and there are still only a sprinkle of us there. My hopes are that white people are also following this channel and are reading and keeping up with matriarchy because intersectionality is a collage of different layers. And I can't emphasize enough how the aim is not to destroy white layers, but to destroy whiteness as a hegemonic structure. The reluctance that these structures possess when it comes to rewriting tradition is explained in a lengthy manner, but very incredibly, by Albert Turami, who Professor Loco in fact cites in her paper by saying, to be in someone else's power induces doubts about the ordering of the universe, while those who have power can assume it is part of the natural order of things to invent or adopt ideas which justify their possession of it. It is these subconscious acts of power that frame hegemony. White knowledge, history, and institutions need to be open, or perhaps vulnerable, enough to reflect and acknowledge that Western culture cannot dictate the natural order of things. For the black architect, struggling with and through this language and history, what are the metaphorical, physical, material, and spatial opportunities available to them? I quote Leslie Loco. Professor Leslie Loco, thank you very much. You pose what a lot of us see to be the really provocative and relevant questions. And the answers can only be a compilation of all of our thoughts. And so the introduction of white papers, black marks, concludes with identifying what architecture needs to do in order to become intersectional. There are two points. One, establish race and identity as valid territories of architectural exploration. And two, bring these territories into mainstream architectural discourse. Simple, I'll let you answer that.